Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic Movie Review Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bob Zarrell. With me, as always, is professional film critic Sean Patrick. Visit us at IHateCritics.net, Everyone'sACriticPodcast.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Our handle is CriticsPod. You can listen to us at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Alexa, all your podcatchers. We're also live on YouTube Monday evenings between 6 p.m. and 9 p.m., depending on our schedules, Central Time. And uh, I said the Apple Podcast part. If you give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts uh, and write one, we will read the review on the air, and you will win, or the next person to do it will win a copy of I Spit on Your Grave, the Blu-ray 4K 40th or 30th or 50th anniversary. I don't remember what year it was. I've also... I've also got a few other ones that we haven't given away yet that yeah, so, uh, so if we don't want that one. Right. If you're waiting for us, you someone know. to get that one. <laughs> you else, there are other options. Yeah. Just, yeah and just you did the five star review and then message us and uh, I'll make sure you get yeah. something of the Blu-ray variety. Now, the ice foot on your grave, the resale value of that is pretty good. It's, it's a very yeah, nice package. There you go. <laughs> if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're not standing by that movie we're standing by our episode <laughs> yeah, I'll stand by the movie but nothing else the or at least uh, yeah the sequel's awful anyway uh, patreon.com slash critics pod is the best way to help support the podcast we do talk about I Spit on Your Grave there a full episode on it with Sean's sister Amy joining us one of my favorite episodes we've ever done we also do a few, uh, we've been doing music stuff. We've a little behind on that, but we've done so far the Beatles, Metallica, and Nirvana. If you want to listen to that. Uh, and <clears throat> that's, oh, TeePublic, IHateCritics.net. Click on the TeePublic link up in the right-hand corner if you want some of our podcast merch or just go to TeePublic and search Critics Pod or Willem Dafoe. All right, the Oscars were last night. Yeah, yeah, they were and he, and it, just a complete chaotic disaster. Uh, aside from, I mean, you know, there were moments like Ariana DeBose was wonderful. Um, you know, Troy Kotzer was wonderful. Jessica Chastain was wonderful. And Coda winning Best Picture was wonderful. But nobody remembers that. Nope. Everybody wants to hear us dunk on on what, what actually happened, which was that Will Smith walked on stage and and slapped Chris Rock. Chris Rock made a joke about uh, Jada Pinkett uh, Smith about her hair, um, which Will Smith initially laughed at. Like, there's a shot. They cut to Will Smith. He laughs. And then moments later, he's on stage smacking Chris Rock in the face and then telling him to keep my wife's name out of your mouth. And it's such a surreal thing. To the point where people were like comparing it to professional wrestling, they they couldn't tell. Uh, some people just could not tell and cannot tell to this moment whether or not this was real or not. Like it didn't. I mean, it, this doesn't appear to be scripted. I mean, it would take a lot. It would take a lot to make this appear scripted. Certainly, would be a terrible idea. Uh, it didn't do anybody any favors. Uh, it doesn't make anybody look good doing it. So I don't imagine why anybody would want to do this. Um, and considering the, the complete meltdown that Will Smith had during his uh, acceptance speech for Best Actor, I mean, that was just that that period of about 20 to 25 minutes was one of the one of the most surreal moments 
in history. You go from Will Smith going on stage and smacking a guy in the face, Chris Rock. Uh, I say a guy, Chris Rock. Uh, to then 20 minutes later, he's on stage. I literally went on Twitter and I said to people, uh, uh, folks, this isn't over. He's got to go on stage still and accept best actor because I knew it was going to happen. Everybody knew right. he was going to win last night. It was pretty obvious going in from everything that led up to it. I even wrote an article that said, who's going to win best actor at the Oscars and why is it Will Smith? That was the literal headline of my article. Uh, so everybody knew that was going to happen. And so it became... Just the, the tension of watching it, at, you're watching it at home, the people watching it there, uh, just everybody just feeling like just this remarkable amount of tension happening, especially when P. Diddy comes out and you know, comments on it and Anthony Hopkins is commenting on it. And it's just, it's so, so fucking weird. The whole thing is just so toxic. The whole thing is just such a toxic thing. Uh, and Chris Rock, I mean, he made a he made a terrible just first of all, who talks about G.I. Jane in this day and age? Who even rem- got that reference? That's that's not our age, honestly. Like, I know that's Chris Rock is older than us. So I guess that's the audience that he speaks to now. But even still, like, it's a terrible joke. But then on top of it, just will just losing his mind, uh, just flipping the fuck out on on such a thing. And I, I understand people are like, there are obviously trends both ways. You've got people going, I, I love that he stood up for his wife. And then there's the other side that says, no, this is, this is really terrible behavior. And I tend, I fall in the other, I fall in that category of the terrible behavior. Um, I understand it, but you gotta, you gotta have the ability to go, okay, that was wrong of him to do that. And I really wish I could say something to him right now, but this is neither the time nor the place to say anything to him right now. We're a group of adults, <laughs> you know, right. a group of adults should be able to coexist in a room and and deal with each other as adults. And that was a, that was a childish, toxic act on his part. Uh, it was really just uh, really just awful and ugly and nasty. And uh, <laughs> but then, of course. Just everything that came about from it. Judd Apatow then gets himself canceled on Twitter, goes on there and says that he could have killed Chris Rock. <laughs> it's like, Judd, calm down, man. Calm down. He slapped him. He didn't kill him, okay? <laughs> he's not He's not actually Hancock, okay? <laughs> like, bring it down a little bit. I, I don't want to lessen what Will Smith did. It was wrong, but he didn't kill anybody, okay? Um should he have he should have been removed he should have been removed I mean, and he, he should have been arrested because that lesser that has happened to lesser on award shows uh for stuff like that uh you know i'm not saying put him in jail but he should probably spend the night out you know that's what's happened before you look at when rage against the machine walked up on stage on limp biscuit won an award they just walked on stage and climbed something they got a they got yeah. kicked out and arrested uh <laughs> it's it's this is worse than that uh, Kanye West has been done. The same kind of things happened to him for things that are lesser than this. It's just not, you know, Chris Rock's a comedian. The joke didn't land, whatever, but I don't have a problem trying to make a joke. I, there's been way more offensive jokes in the world. Probably even the last time he hosted the Oscars. Uh, it, well, that's the thing is like the last time he hosted the Oscars, he started a thing with Will and Jada. He made fun of Jada Smith, uh, Jada Pickett Smith on stage in, two, in 2016, which people say it carries over today. But again, I can't get past the idea. He's sitting there. He's laughing at the joke. They cut away from him and suddenly he's pissed off. 
so clearly Jada said something to him or he looked over and he and you know she's she's like maybe in tears or something and that set him off something happened there that they cut away from in that moment but nothing nothing excuses what he did no there's just nothing that excuses what he did well and nobody should be blaming her either even if she told no, her to no. do something I don't, which I don't think she did she definitely didn't laugh at the joke because there was pictures no, of her no she was she reacted right away right and maybe he saw her. Yeah, I don't really know what it was, but I, it, there's this is not a trend that should even be halfway considered okay. And the fact that it is fifty fifty or sixty forty, whatever it is, is very frightening. Uh, you know, throwing even Chris Rock into where the Dave Chappelle level of stuff. Dave Chappelle wasn't telling jokes. He was standing on stage just insulting trans people. You know, if he was yeah. trying to make jokes, that's one thing. He wasn't making jokes. This was at least an attempt at a joke. Maybe it fell flat. It wasn't really that funny, but it was an attempt at a joke. And it's not apples and oranges. I mean, to me, this is Kanye West, behavior, Mel Gibson. Whatever he did was, I mean, this is bad. And the fact of the matter is now it's become a joke. And uh, I don't know that people are going to just start doing it. But, you know, basically it appears okay to walk up on stage if you don't like something a comedian says. And smack him in the Kathy, face. Kathy Griffin said that exact same thing last night. That uh, because because they tolerated this and let that stand and let him be there the rest of the night, standing that it, it set a bad precedent. It set a very bad precedent. Yeah, just really. And then just to see people, I I, I don't know. It, it's that's not you know going after Chris Rock right now is not a woke thing to do uh, going after Will Smith is the woke thing to do as far as I'm concerned it, <laughs> it, it's or the Oscars for letting it happen for letting it keep happening you know it's and I you understand know, they, people they, they there. should out right then and there right I understand yeah. you know puffed at or P. Diddy and Denzel and all them trying to keep everybody cool and resolve the situation because they probably all know each other and they're friendly or whatever but it, it's still you're on a national stage on TV. People are seeing this. Now it's all over the place. And you just said it's okay for this guy to do that. Uh, and his apology today is too little too late. I mean, Mel Gibson yeah. apologized too, and people don't want to hear from him ever again. I'm right. quite frankly kind of done with Will Smith. That was ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand any of it on top of that. I mean, it, it did, uh, it did overshadow, what was a horror, horror show of a, of a show. I mean, it was going down in flames when this happened and it was even you know, just made worse. The hosts were abysmal. I, I, I love Regina Hall. I love Amanda Sykes, Amy Schumer. They're, they're all terrific, but the material that they did last night was just, just got awful. They got on stage and they started roasting movies and they, which is what they said they wouldn't do. And then they just went ahead and did that on top of which they went for over 25 minutes doing that while they're also telling you, Oh, by the way, these categories, we can't do them on the show because we don't have enough time. You don't have enough time, but you can put Amy Schumer in a stupid Spider-Man suit and hang her from the ceiling. You got time for that. You got time for that bullshit. Right. Like just the garbage that they did. Uh, oh God. They brought out the cast of, of, uh, White men can't jump as if that was an Oscar moment. It's like, I, I know the movie just turned 30, but it's not an Oscar movie. <laughs> not like, this is not the classy Oscar film that people remember. Now, come on. Uh, not to knock that movie. We'll talk about it later. 
Um, <laughs> the Pulp Fiction thing was awkward too. Uh, they pulled the envelope out of the glowing box. You know, they opened up the thing, oh, and they, it was really awkward, cheesy. You know, Uma Thurman and, Steve, and Travolta were dancing. It was just, uh, it was so. It just, I hate the word. I hate it. I hate to use the word, but it was. It was cringe. It was pure cringe the whole night. Uh, on top of which, again, the Academy probably thanking Will Smith for this. The Academy tried to do a a series of awards that it, that they let the fans vote on, and the whole thing got hacked by Snyder fans. <laughs> so they they like went for the greatest audience cheer moment of all time, and somehow it was the Flash entering the Speed Force <laughs> in Justice League, as if all of us were like, "Yeah, that moment. I remember that moment. Who the fuck remembers that fucking moment?" <laughs> But on top of that, the big award that they set up specifically so they could capitalize on Spider-Man. They had one award specifically intended to capitalize on Spider-Man and Spider-Man finished fourth in the voting, (laughs) lost to Army of the Dead. (laughs) It just got dunked on so bad. That was probably the best part of the show. (laughs) <laughs> from a schadenfreude perspective the other things that were, were like i said there were wonderful things you know, jessica chastain's speech chastain's speech made me cry seeing the one tribute that actually did work was we get to see elliot page on stage at the oscars uh with jk simmons and jennifer garner that was beautiful that brought a tear to my eye uh, but then the the, the in memoriam was a shit show like the second thing that you see in the immemorium where they know marley matlin is in the audience for this marley matlin who spent time being abused in her life by william hurt who's the second picture on stage that night fucking william hurt at an oscars they know marley matlin is at for coda ah they had plenty of time right. and plenty of time to just kind of quietly slip him out. And they didn't do it. But then then they decided it would be a great idea that they would have this really happy, smiling choir sing Spirit in the Sky over the In Memoriam. I mean, then they did. Then Jamie Lee Curtis came out and paid tribute to Betty White. And then the remaining faces had to be. Tri- paid tribute to well thank you for being a friend the tv anthem of golden girls played like it was just so terrible <laughs> for people who are you trying to pay tribute to it's just it was so embarrassing i almost turned it off a couple of times out of just secondhand embarrassment it was so bad I mean, I, I, Hollywood's been way more, more and more out of touch. Like they're trying to be the for you know the leaders of every, and they're just so bad at it. And I just yeah. can't do it anymore. It, it's <laughs> like even and Coda. To that point, it, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Well, I was say, even Coda, sorry. who's a great, which is a great movie. I, I I feel like they're taking the legs out from an. Or, they're taking something away from it by giving it best picture. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> Like I feel yes. like they're using that movie to to make themselves sound <laughs> better, and that's not fair look, to that movie. Look how inclusive we are with this movie with deaf people, right? Uh, yeah, but <laughs> randomly during the show, like ever, like, and it la- it lasted about ten seconds. 
they had the the group BTS in a commercial break just talking about their favorite movies of all time, which were just these totally random selections. And everybody's just watching this going, what is this? What the fuck? And then it was over. And everybody was like, just fucking confused. It's like Dumb and Dumber. I don't know what they picked, but I'm, ass- <laughs> I'm assuming it's like Tommy Boy or, oh, they're probably younger than that, aren't they? Yeah. So I don't remember what it was. It was just, but it was so fucking random. <laughs> oh man. Glad I didn't watch it. Uh, yeah, Will Smith ends his career on national television. Didn't have that on the 2022 bingo card. Yeah, and somehow I don't think he's going to end it. There, it's gonna. I don't know. Yeah, Chris, I have Chris no idea. Rock could say, I, what I'm worried about is, I mean, maybe nothing will ever happen from it. I mean, we had a freaking insurrection, and it seems like that was okay. <laughs> so maybe I'm blowing this out of proportion, but right. That's just ridiculous. Uh, but anyway. It is ama- It is amazing what we can normalize in the moment. And everybody just sort of sitting there watching that happen. And everybody going on like, okay, well, that just happened. Is just the most, is the, it's the worst possible thing for the entire country. That we just all just sort of, they all just sat there and just sort of normalized to this moment. That was not normal, folks. That's not normal for someone to do that, and we shouldn't pretend that that was a normal thing. Uh, just because he's the, you know, the arguably one of the biggest stars in the world, uh, that we shouldn't pretend that that was okay. Uh, it wasn't okay. None of that was okay. None of what happened was all right. Well, and then the argument back and forth on social media is just scary. I mean, it really does freak me out. It's. I've heard people comparing Chris Rock to using racial slurs on stage as a white person, which it's not. I've heard them just totally tear Jada apart and how she's ruined Will Smith, and that's why this happened. And that's not fair. I mean, it's just toxic all around over this whole thing. And and I'm, I'm sure it was entertaining. I probably is going to help them next year, and it'll be the joke of every whatever. Anything can happen. Yeah. Yeah. God, Conan O'Brien with a terrible take last night. He's got, he gets on Twitter and he says, "Does anybody have a talk show I can host tomorrow?" Because I got jokes. Fuck off, Conan. I love you, but fuck off. Every, I mean, this isn't funny, man. Well, and everybody's acting like it is. I mean, I just turned on TikTok for like two minutes today, and it was just not. It was, all it was was taking the Fresh Prince of Bel Air song with something working in a slap thing, and it just, yeah. I mean, I guess it's, I don't know. This is, this is how we collectively deal with shit, I guess. It's not good. It's not a good thing. <laughs> it's a very bad thing. It's a very badly, it's very bad that we deal with things this way. I'm not saying we have to collectively, you know, shun Will Smith. I think, you know, it's, everybody's got to make it all or nothing. Oh, well now you, you, you said his career is over. I'm, I'm not saying that it's, it's, it's not all or nothing. There, there's any opportunity that he has for him to step up and tell us how wrong he was to do this. You know, there's any, there's any number of ways for him to do that. Uh, we just can't sit back and say that this was okay though. Like we can't just pretend like nothing happened. We can't pretend that this was just totally cool with everybody. Uh, because it empowers people to go, well, I was offended by this, and now I'm going to do what I do. You know, <laughs> what's to stop somebody to hear, hear from hearing me read a news story 
uh, when I get back to work and, and I don't like the way he said that. <laughs> like, what's to stop him? I don't have a lock on the door. There's no lock on my studio. Right. Like, who's what's to stop you? You know, like, I didn't like the way you said what you said. Right. Uh, like, I know I'm taking it to an extreme, but I mean, uh, that, that's the that's the thing is that you, you, you give them you give an inch and they take a mile. Uh, you, and this is I'm sorry, Will, this was bullying behavior. It was. Oh, yeah. Somebody said if that was the rock up there, he wouldn't have gone <laughs> up on stage. Which makes which is foolproof that it's bullying behavior because yeah it, exactly actually it was Mick Foley that said that uh, anyway I think it was yeah we can go on and on I, I I I'm definitely very upset at the way I don't know to me this is you know it's Mel Gibson getting drunk and going on a tirade level bad in my opinion and, absolutely uh, and you know I guess he got to come back but not fully I mean people aren't. <laughs> Happy with oh, Mel Gibson was in the audience last night, <laughs> and his look was like, "Oh my God! Imagine if I did that." <laughs> <laughs> now, it, yeah, it doesn't. I'm not even going to go there. Yeah. Well, all right. Yeah. Let's move on. You want to talk about your fun movie first, or? <laughs> oh, sure. Let's get this out of the way very quickly because it's not worth talking about very long. But if I tell you. There's a movie called What a Trip to Brown Town. What do you think it's about? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like twice this year already you've had a like a like a full house version of an adult humor movie. <laughs> and I'm feeling like this might be one of those. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what it is. So this guy, he's kinda chubby, kinda overweight, uh, and he wants to lose weight, so he he makes a bet with his wife that if he's 50 pounds, she'll let him have anal sex. <laughs> That's the premise of the movie. If he loses 50 pounds, he can have oral sex, uh, anal sex with her. <laughs> well, the rest of the movie is just, is just this like full house style humor. <laughs> all around it. That is not at all funny. The acting is abysmal. The supporting cast is just awful. Everything about it is terrible. It's really poorly made. And then it just has that premise standing in the middle of it. And you're just kind of shocked. And then at one point they do this joke and and where like the wife just continue. First of all, she just continuously gets humiliated throughout the entire movie. That's her role is just to be completely humiliated by the world around her. Uh, Her son has like, chocolate on his hands so he comes up and he hugs her and he hugs her butt and he hugs her and he gets, gets chocolate on her butt and she's got to walk around with chocolate on her butt so they make that the poster so now if that's the poster for a movie with this premise what exactly are we supposed to think that is on her ass then is that just are we supposed to assume that that she's had anal sex and her husband has gotten shit on his hands from anal sex and then wiped his hands on her butt like, is that what we're supposed to take away from that? Or she's leaking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, why would you make that? That that joke has nothing to do with the anal sex, but you make that the poster. On top of which, the poster has a tiny little pink anus on it. That's on the poster. It's a tiny little pink anus. <laughs> I mean, I... 
<laughs> Would I have found this funny 10 years ago? I hope not. I don't know. <laughs> like, I know my viewing experience has changed, especially over the last few years, but I really, I mean, they're just lazy. <laughs> it's so bad. Yes, absolutely. The laziest. The absolute laziest. It is like a pure flicks movie that just happens to be about a guy who gets to have anal sex with his wife. By the way, nobody in this universe has ever had anal sex. Right. Like they're just shocked that anal sex exists. You're going to have anal sex with your wife? What? How is this? Po- what type of magic have you performed? As if there are people in the world who have anal sex regularly. Apparently, this this is just the most foreign thing in the world. Yeah, it's the... I don't even know what to say. It's like a, it was written by a 12-year-old. Right. I mean... Can you imagine how, how, how awful must the sex lives of these people be if this if this is the height of of kink for them if this is the height of unthought of sexuality for them they must have the single most boring lives in the world <laughs> and let me guess he loses 50 pounds and then she fucks him in the ass I... <laughs> now that would have been a better ending <laughs> that's your adam sandler ending <laughs> You have this lower than an Adam Sandler movie. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I mean, Basically, it sounds yes. like it. It sounds pretty bad. I, I mean, Kevin James could actually make a funny version of this. I get, I bet he could. I bet he could. He would get one laugh. This movie doesn't get one laugh. It doesn't get one single laugh in the way that it wants it. And, uh, I laughed at this movie a lot, but never because of anything they wanted me to laugh at. <laughs> right. But I bet Kevin James could get one one laugh out of it. I bet he could. From somebody. Maybe not us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So that, so that was a weird, weird segment of the show. That's why I love this show. Yeah. All right. Let's get to our real movies. <laughs> When a Trip to Browntown is, in fact, a movie that you can get. It's an actual film. It exists. Uh, but another actual film that exists with a much more popular cast is The Lost City. The Lost City, a movie that is intentionally funny and is very funny intentionally. Uh, this is a story about Sandra Bullock. She plays an author who uh, writes romance books. She's also kind of an expert in archaeology because her husband was a real-life archaeologist until he passed away. So she writes romance novels about like a really sexy archaeologist who has adventures with a sexy, hunky guy who in, in ways is kind of embodied by Channing Tatum, who plays her cover model. Uh, and he's kind of gotten his entire career being her cover model, a la Fabio, which is probably not a reference that young people will get, Fabio, but still, they, there's guys like that. You see them on the front of romance novels, sex books, whatever you see, guys like that everywhere, big muscle guys, and they they have sex in the romance novels. Um, and that's him. Uh, she ends up going on a book tour, even though she doesn't want to, uh, and they she spends a little time with him, and he's kind of always had a crush on her, but she's kind of gone into herself ever since her husband died. Then she gets kidnapped by Daniel Radcliffe's character, who's this super rich bozo who uh, is trying to find 
the 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 actual treasure that she kind of used as the subject of her book because he thinks it actually exists, which it might actually exist in some way. And he kidnaps her, takes her to this island, and uh, Channing Tatum decides to go after her. And he happens to have somebody who can help him with that, who's played by Brad Pitt, who's an actual he his character is kind of an actual badass like army guy who goes into jungles and rescues people for real. Uh, Brad Pitt's not around for very long. I won't spoil what happens to him, but it is very funny <laughs> in the, all the wrong ways. This movie that would make just the smartest choices when it does stuff like that is as shocking as that is, is it's very, it comes in a very funny way. And Channing Tatum is fucking hilarious. This guy is so good at playing kind of dumb, but also very sweet and has, you know, he's not dumb in a way that's insulting. He's dumb in a way that he's just kind of naive to, to certain things. And the, he, he's still kind of street smart in a weird sort of way. And he can make, you know, the, the right decision as it need, as it's needed. And that's, you know, kind of the baseline level of intelligence that he needed to make this character work. Sandra Bullock's a little more stiff. She's forced into the straight guy role here, the straight person who has to, you know, be the subject of every joke uh, and, and kind of react to everybody else. So she's, she's a little bit stiff early on. She gets better towards the end. But overall, this is just a really fun, funny movie. There's just a, a lot of really, really good jokes in this and uh, really enjoyable. I actually really, really like this. Where has Channing Tatum been for the last few years? Not me, man. I don't know. Uh, he just <laughs> was gone for a while and he just bounced back with like this and Dog are both pretty good. Did he just not want to do the Ryan Reynolds movies? <laughs> so many of them <laughs> over the last two Maybe. years. <laughs> Yeah, maybe they could very well be. He wasn't Free Guy last year. <laughs> sort of. I mean, he, everything sort of, he's yeah, been in kinda. has been very. He, he hasn't had the starring role in a while, uh, and it's yeah. good to see him back. Because I always thought he was great. Yeah, he's he's crushing in this movie. He's just so good. <laughs> yeah, I really really enjoyed it. It's not going to be one that I remember at the end of the year, but. While you're watching it, it, it's very, very funny. It's kind of like the proposal in that way. I don't remember anything about the proposal aside from maybe a couple of Betty White scenes, but like that movie in the moment is very, very funny. And the same, I could, I could definitely say the same about this. I look forward to when it's streaming, like on Netflix or HBO or something. Uh, it seems like the perfect movie for that. Yeah. All right. Top side. I hope this is the right version of this movie. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> to go to the absolute other extreme, let's talk about the the absolute worst of poverty. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just a bit of a total shift here. Um, so there's a little a little girl. She lives in the underground of New York in an abandoned subway station with her mom in this sort of uh, garbage box that they've sort of cobbled together as a home. Uh, and much of the movie is just us following her along as she kind of encounters things, as she's kind of experiencing this very strange life. She's, I think, seven years old at most, which is it makes everything that she does that much scarier because you're watching this little girl just wandering around this underground subway doing little girl things, being curious, you know, spending time with people who maybe... Like, so, like, there's at least one of them that's a really good person who does his best to kind of be 
care to kind of care for her at the same time tries to keep her at a distance because he knows he's not going to be able to take care of her her mom is uh is a drug addict she works as a sex worker uh and and is uh you know just kind of barely getting by but she's a very but the movie is very fair to her she's a very loving mother when she's present you know when she's there she she's fully present she cares about her daughter and does everything she can for her and she does you know drugs and sex work so that she can get food like so it's it's hard to hard to judge her as a as a terrible person because when you see her with her daughter she's genuinely loving and that is the dichotomy that so many people can't take it's most of mainstream society refuses to accept that somebody who does what she does can also be as much of a good mother as possible or can provide for a child granted it's not providing in the way that you know has a roof over her head or in a safe space but she's doing what she can uh, and these are the kind of people who really need our help, you know, and that, that could that could be functioning, healthy members of society. Uh, the movie builds for the first two acts where we're just sort of really in the space of this seven year old girl and how she's experiencing this very chaotic world. Then the final act kind of kind of slaps you in the face and switches gears because she disappears and you're left with mom searching for her and that emotional twist is like, whoo, that is powerful. She's going to get on the subway with her daughter, uh, a subway car, and the doors close. And the little girl is left standing on the subway platform. And mom is on a train going the opposite direction. And she's got to figure out a way to get on a train and get back. And when she does, the daughter is not there. And it is terrifying. And the next, the final 20 to 25 minutes are terrifying until you reach an ending that is, again, just breathtaking in its boldness uh, and and the way they go about it. It doesn't pull a punch for a second. Uh, This movie is incredible and everybody should see it. It's going to be very hard to watch, very hard to watch because it is very, very sad. Um, And that's all. I'm not telling you what's happening you're not going to see you're not going to know what happened i'm not spoiling anything about it but it's sad (laughs) the whole beginning to end it's just pure sad jeez i don't have any questions either i will have to check this one out (sighs) i did check out god forsaken though uh, man, I I don't know how you feel about this one. I'm so worried because I really loved this. I had so much fun with this movie. The movie is so it it's so low budget. Like it is so low budget that I lowered the bar so far that once it kicked in with this amazing opening scene, I was like, I'm in. Show me more. Do more movie. And it just kept doing weird shit. From beginning to end and never stopping, never slowing down. The premise is that this guy, uh, played by Chad Taylor, the character is also named Chad Taylor, goes back to his hometown for a funeral for a former high school friend. Uh, She uh, has died and he's gone back for her funeral. He's taken his camera 
and he's an aspiring director and he's you know kind of tooling around with his camera because it gives him a, he's trying to get some b-roll even if he's at a funeral it's a little weird and everybody's kind of giving him a bad uh, an ugly look like put your camera away this is a funeral but he's still kind of picking up b-roll he goes out to his car to kind of he's probably trying to just slip out early when he hears people just screaming and running out of the funeral home and in the church and he goes running back in what's what's going on what's going on the the casket is tipped over and it's like who knocked over somebody knocked over the casket no the casket knocked itself over and suddenly you start hearing knocking coming from the casket you're like what the fuck then an arm pops out you're like oh shit and I love the reactions of the room because everybody acts like you should act in that moment. You should be fucking terrified. And they are. And it's great. Uh, and then, then we just uh, we cut to the start. We go back to we cut to a couple days in the future. The corpse has gone missing. She's just got up and walked away. <laughs> and these other these other two filmmakers are coming to join Chad to help him film a documentary about what's happened and just shit just keeps getting weirder and weirder and weirder from there. This movie is intense. I actually got scared during this movie because it is like boldly low budget, but it takes it takes big swings on a low budget. There's a scene where a woman is just holding a knife to her throat for like five minutes and I was just breathless the entire time because this was a really good character they really built her very well and then they put her in that situation you're like fuck take pull that away from your fucking neck please (laughs) it's so good i love this movie i do i can't say enough good things yeah i I liked it quite a bit the only thing i would say is i I thought the end went on a little long if you you probably could have cut 10 minutes and 10 minutes that really just did something shocking uh (laughs) after a while i was it was just like being on a treadmill and like the last 10 minutes of your run you're kind of like all right i'm just trying to get to the end it's exhausting yeah uh and you could have just done something so bold and it would have just been like kind of like the blair witch in the corner kind of thing like holy shit uh, and because it, it kind of dragged down a little bit there at the climax, the peak of the end, uh, I, I didn't have that feeling uh, that it could have easily had. That's the only yeah. critique I would have of it. Otherwise, I think it's really smart. Where they go with it, it's a neat idea. Uh, the like Midway through it, just kind of the what starts happening is pretty like, okay, this is interesting. Uh, how they get there. <laughs> All of it's just smart and well done. I mean, because it's a found footage movie or whatever you want to say, it, it is. It it allows it to work a little better on that way. You don't. They do a good enough job where you're not going. Why do you have the camera out? They, you know, I didn't really feel yeah. that at all in this movie because people were like, "Why do you have the camera out?" It could be an idiot. <laughs> uh, but you buy the, these characters would have one. Uh, yeah, it was just I I don't know it, you can never see where it's going, and it keeps you on the edge of your feet till the end when you're just kind of when all hell breaks loose and it breaks loose on a exorcist level. I mean it's that that's how much hell breaks loose. Hereditary, all these movies, <laughs> it goes there. Uh, it just goes there for a little too yeah. long for me. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> 
it is exhausting. That's that's part of the part of what I loved about it, though. And I, what I love about it most is the spirit of it. You can tell this guy got this entire small town to be in his oh, movie, yeah. and did, and on top of being in the movie, he got them to do crazy shit to be in his movie. Because at a certain point, there's just shit happening to everybody in this town. And you're just like, wow, it's extraordinarily low budget. Like, it looks like it cost about two bucks to make. But there is so much effort into that two dollars. Like, there's so much. They do so much with it. Uh, It's really impressive. Uh, Like, I was exhausted by the end. But I was legit, like, watching through my fingers at times. I'm so cynical that I don't. Like even X, as much as I love X as a movie, like I appreciated it as a movie and as a horror film for what it does for horror films. Like this one actually scared me. <laughs> like I kind of wanted to sleep with the lights on after this one. This isn't better than that. No. This is not better than X. X is an actual movie. <laughs> X is a work of art. This is just pure visceral like throw everything at you terror <laughs> it's just really good at, at being like a jumpster right movie well what i would what i'm curious about is as a filmmaker if you gave him is he kind of he, does he just have this one idea or if he had a bigger budget and he could do another movie could he actually pull it off and make a pretty solid movie uh I'm excited to see. I'm I really hope he gets more chances. Yeah, I'm definitely willing to give him a, you know, to keep watching what he does. Uh, I, I mean, and I, to your point of you know getting the whole town to be in on it, I've ne- I've always wondered that about certain low budget horror movies, just because there's always these people like, really, you signed up to be in this thing, <laughs> like, <laughs> and but I guess there's just people who want to be in movies. Uh, yeah, just I mean, I imagine po- you had to have you had to have some of that feel in the movie you were in. Oh, for sure. I mean, uh, my brother's acting teacher or cinema or whatever it was at were his school that I can't name because they didn't want to be associated with it after they found <laughs> out what it was. Uh, the professor was in it to do. I mean, yeah. You, uh, but it was a lot younger. I guess my uncle was like, I'll do it. And my dad was like, never in a million years. <laughs> so I don't know. I did funny story. That's kind of, uh, we hired a marketing guy uh, and not my brother's company. <laughs> and uh, he was asking about my brother though. And he's like, well, send me some of his stuff. I want to watch his movies. And the guy we hired is like an actor. I mean, he's, he's on that show. 1883 with Sam Elliott. Oh, uh, you probably know him. I can tell you off the air. Uh, but he was, I was just like, I can't send you anything. My brother's done. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just don't want to be judged. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that said, I was talking to people about stuff he's done and there's older people are like, oh, I want to see that. And I was like, okay, uh, here's some links. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, as for this movie, this movie is actually launching on YouTube. It's actually launched on YouTube now on on a on a net, on its own like uh, on, on a horror movie network on YouTube, which you can find a link in my written review, which is on our on our Facebook page. So I can't remember it off the top of my head, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's available now via their YouTube channel, and then it'll be available on 
on-demand rental in like a week or two. I think, uh, it but I might already. You gotta it. see it. Yeah, it's you gotta go see it. It's definitely worth, especially if you're a horror fan. It, it's a, it's one that's worth watching. I, I think it's a, it's a sleeper. You know, a hidden gem that can easily be skipped over. But that that opening is so good. That is such a great way to start a movie. <laughs> They just kicked this thing off so good. What a great way to start a movie. I was in from that moment, from that moment of seeing that arm pop out of the casket. I was like, yes, more please. There's not a lot of downtime and they just keep shifting where the story's going. Or I shouldn't say, I don't know. It just, she was missing, which is weird in and of itself. (laughs) And then where it goes from there, you're just kind of like, I guess I, I suppose if I read the premise in hindsight, I could have seen where it was going, uh, but I didn't do that till after the movie. Uh, it just it keeps going different directions till the end when hell just starts breaking loose. So it, it's yeah. definitely a, a hidden gem that people should go check yeah. out. Very much a, very much a, a good, a good Blair Witch takeoff. Very much so. Right. Not very many of those. Yeah. Our classic is Charade, Carrie Grant, Aubrey, Audrey Hepburn. Next. <laughs> oh, you didn't like it either? Good. <laughs> what the fuck was this? This is such a weird movie. <laughs> what the hell? I I honestly could not, like, I couldn't follow what the hell anybody wanted in this movie or what they were doing. They kept thinking that this was funny, but there are also people being killed. Like, it's just so weird. The idea here is that Audrey Hepburn plays a woman who uh, has a husband who's a secret agent who gets killed in the field. She doesn't know he's a secret agent. She comes home. She finds their house completely empty, and she finds out that he's dead. Then there are these three guys who are in the army with him who come to find her because they think she has the money that they stole in World War II. Uh, they they've hired Carrie Grant to get in with her to try and uh, get her to reveal where the money is. But she literally legitimately doesn't know about the money. Then they keep accusing each other. I think of having the money for a while. She and Carrie Grant are constantly having her are, are constantly playing this kind of romantic thing where it's supposed to be funny that they're almost getting killed or. I don't know. And then Cary Grant's name changes like five times in the movie for whatever reason. He introduces himself to her, to her early and then he introduces himself all the way at the end. It's so bizarre and never funny. It, But it's one of those movies that is so smug in how it thinks it's funny. And my mom is getting very angry at me in heaven because I'm criticizing Cary Grant. But I, mm-hmm. mom, I'm sorry. <laughs> this movie is utter nonsense from beginning to end. And I hated it. I hated this movie. <laughs> I mean, even looking at, I mean, this, the picture of them on this poster, like Cary Grant looks like my grandpa in like the 80s. And that, Audrey Hepburn looks like my, my mom. You know, that's how far apart in age they are. It drives me nuts. <laughs> Uh, this is probably one of the first times where the, what I the problem I have with this movie is what I have with movies today. It just feels like they're throwing shit at the wall and trying to make yeah. it work. And instead of just being wholly original and telling a beginning to end great story, this one just seems sloppy and trying to do too much. And you know, it kind of reminds me of Atomic Blonde in that 
it's interesting for a little bit and then you're just like I, i'm sick of trying to follow all your twists and turns and i don't even think you guys know your twists and turns anymore <laughs> uh yeah just kind of a weird not a movie i, I liked it just was really kind of bummed at how yeah. not fun it was yeah, I, I really wanted to like this because I mean, I've, I we all know I think the reputations of Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn, but I just didn't even buy that. Like, it, she first of all kind of comes off like an idiot for continuously putting up with you know the continuous twists and turns of this. Right. Uh, they just continuously make her look stupid from beginning to end, um, and and nothing that happens is there is is funny. Like none of their little interplays that they think are so romantic and cute are romantic and cute. They're just kind of shit that happens. <laughs> like you said, they just sort of they okay, we played out this idea as far as it can go for about ten minutes. Let's try this idea and play that out for another ten minutes. And then we'll play out this idea for another ten minutes. Then we you know, we're switch this character and this character, and then oh, it's exhausting, it's smug, it's not funny and it's just not fun nope but you know know it is (laughs) white men can't (laughs) our true classic this week (laughs) 1992 uh white men can't jump turn 30 uh, what else was there uh i didn't write them all the oscar oscar honorees uh (laughs) wesley's names woody harrelson and uh, rosie perez in the uh, basketball movie directed by Ron Shelton, who only made sports movies, it would seem, uh, and always about uh, men who can't control themselves. Because <laughs> that's the only kind of man, is a man who doesn't know how to control himself. Uh, <laughs> they're basketball hustlers. They play games and try to fool people into giving them their money and losing to them at basketball. And, you know, Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson do have great chemistry. There are funny moments in this. It does hold together well enough. It's kind of clunky. It does uh, kind of build to a moment, but it's not really a moment that's good for either character, and the movie doesn't seem to recognize that. (laughs) It doesn't recognize how how terrible both these characters really are. When you really drill down on them, they're both just highly irresponsible people that we're supposed to treat like... uh, like it's interesting it's like when you look at adults as a kid and you think that adults know what they're doing you should watch this movie and realize no no these guys are in their 30s they have no fucking clue what's going on (laughs) they're completely they're just complete disasters both of them uh it's like right then like life was trying to tell us when this movie came out life was trying to tell us that adults don't know shit <laughs> yeah it's true <laughs> uh, i mean sorry kids yeah <laughs> this was the movie that made woody harrelson a star i guess broke away from cheers and left ted dancing behind <laughs> yeah uh you know it's i guess like the hustler meets bull durham but not as good as either one of them <laughs> fun enough well said i remember liking it as a kid uh i did not go back and watch it i kind of wanted to but i would have rather seen lost city and topside if i'm being totally honest (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, it existed uh, about 30 <laughs> years ago. Uh, I don't have much it's, else it's to okay. say. It's <laughs> okay. It's an okay movie. Yeah. Let's see. I'll stop sharing that one. <laughs> what, what else did we have last year? Or 1992, we had The Cutting Edge, The Power of One, and Ruby. Yeah, I meant to watch The Cutting Edge that I just forgot. Uh, <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> I know. Again, it's one that has a very... As a very big cult, that movie has a really strong cult audience, and I don't understand why. (laughs) Next week, we've got Morbius, The Yellow Wallpaper, The Bubble. Uh, You watch Moon Knight. What is that? Uh, It's the new uh, Marvel series on on Disney+. Of course it is. Uh, Her classic is Nosferatu. And in 1992, Beethoven's Straight Talk... Thunderheart and Rockadoodle turn 30. Good God. <laughs> you, you're going to watch Beethoven to see how okay it is? <laughs> no, I can't. That, that dog grosses me out. I know. It does. I just, it's so gross. I, I love dogs, but dogs with the, they have the slobber. That's too much. Where I can't, I can't do it. I am with you on that. Uh, before we do flick chart, I want to remind you to go to patreon.com slash critics pod to help support the podcast. Uh, if you want some more T public merch, head over to, I hate critics and click on the T public link. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, you know, rate and review the show and get a copy of a Blu-ray movie, including I spit on your grave. If you want that one, we'll read your review on the air. You also got to remind us to, look for your review because it's entirely possible you've sent one and i haven't seen it yet (laughs) so uh anyway let's try a flick chart just married or twilight eclipse good god uh they're both they're both awful um just married because you know tribute to britney murphy (laughs) i mean that's you're a good person that was gonna be my if you do, <laughs> tribute to her or the fact that Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart are actually pretty good actors in a shitty movie. They really are. They're very good. Uh, Incredibles two, Beetlejuice. I don't like either of those either. What do you think? I guess if I was a kid, I'd take Beetlejuice, and I'd be too young for Incredibles two. So I don't. But I mean, I really don't care. <laughs> yeah, they they both suck. Beetlejuice was not uh, fun to go back and watch. If I'd have left it, without, no, if, if, <laughs> if we had not gone back and watched it when it turned 30, I would have easily picked Beetlejuice. Yeah, let's take Incredibles 2 just because I don't know the first one. The first one's not terrible. That is true. Uh, the under- neither, neither. I've never seen either movie. Neither have I. Copland Step <laughs> Copland. Yeah. Uh, I really hate Step Brothers. I find it just to be so shrill. Ugh. I, I definitely think it's a much, a big time overrated comedy. Uh, I, I, Copland disappointed should have been way better with that cast, <laughs> but yeah, definitely better than Step Brothers. The Born Legacy. Go. 
I can't remember if Born Legacy is the one with Jeremy Renner or not. No, that well, no, it's not. Yeah, it is. Which You're one? Right. It's okay, is that, uh, yeah. If that's the case, I'll go with Go. I love yeah. Born, but I like Matt Damon's Born. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you've got mail, Aeon Flux. You've got mail. Yeah. Thunder Force, Elizabethtown. Elizabethtown. I agree. Silvery Linings Playbook, Double Indemnity. That's tough. That, those are two really great movies. Um, Silver Linings. Oh, wow, I thought we were going to be flipping. I agree. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I agree with you that they're both fantastic movies. I just, I really, really, really love Silver Linings Playbook. I, yeah, I think it's underrated. Atonement, Home Alone. Uh, Home Alone. Atonement is the epitome of homework. <laughs> and Home Alone is the opposite of homework. Uh, <laughs> my Winnipeg. Have you seen that? Never. No. Coyote Ugly, Midnight Cowboy. <laughs> Coyote Ugly. That's actually pretty easy. The Island, House on Haunted Hill, 1999. House on Haunted Hill is actually not bad. It's not a bad remake. Tay Diggs is really great in that movie. I don't really remember it. I vaguely do. Uh, Dead Man Walking Major League. Major League. <laughs> I agree. I don't. I guess, it's just too much work. I, yeah, I, I hear you. And it's not even good enough for the work that it requires, if that makes sense. In Bru- it does. In Bruges, Spider-Man 3. In Bruges. Agreed. Kramer versus Kramer, Beavis and Butthead to America. Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> so Any cute. opportunity to vote against Dustin Hoffman, I'm taking it. <laughs> Christine Aliens. Aliens. Yeah, both were better before I had to rewatch them. <laughs> Secret window of the Pelican Brief. That's actually really tough for me. The Pelican Brief is like a really fun movie. Like, that's a really fun movie. But I think Secret Window is actually kind of genius. So I'm going to go there. Yeah, I actually don't like the Pelican Brief that much. Uh, but the Secret Window is pretty good. The Kiss, 1929. No, nope. I'm not seeing that one. Hacksaw Ridge, Superman Returns. Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, I like that movie. Kick-Ass 2, Mad Max. Kick-Ass 2, I guess. <laughs> Mad Max sucked. <laughs> yeah, I'll never understand what people like about that movie. Okay. The Man with the Golden Gun, Matchstick Men. Matchstick Men. And it's not even a shot at Mel Gibson. It's just, I really don't get Mad Max. <laughs> no. It's just boring. Yeah, it, it, absolutely, could, it is. Yeah, Broken Arrow, The Professional. The Professional. Yeah. Shaft. I thought about voting for Broken Arrow. I did. Yeah. I really did. I enjoy Broken Arrow a lot. <laughs> yeah, and it's only a few more years before we truly turn on him as a director, I think. <laughs> 
We're slowly getting there. Uh, but you get there. Shaft, the Englishman who went up a hill but cl- came down a mountain. Shaft is so bad that I'll vote for the most boring Hugh Grant movie of all time. I haven't seen either, so I will go with that. You. Movie is even more boring than that title indicates. <laughs> Fast and the Furious 6, Baby's Day Out. Fast and the Furious. Let me get my quarter. <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> King Kong 1933, A Scanner Darkly. King Kong. Yeah. The Babadook's Magnificent 7, 1960. The Babadook. I agree. I think... The Magnificent Seven's more of a popcorn western versus a good one. Runaway True. Jury Psycho, 1960. Psycho. The Witch. And what the... F- Never. Okay. Uh, looks really good. Man, Go it really does. Body Snatcher <laughs> from Hell. I want to I see that. <laughs> write that one down. <laughs> screw to... Screw Nosferatu. We'll save that for when Will and Phone move. Let's watch Goke the Body Snatcher from Hell next week. Yeah, if it's available, I say we do. That looks really good. Absolutely. Uh, That's a great title. That's a great poster. Yeah. I'm circling that. We will search as soon as we hang up. The Witch Horrible Bosses. That's very easy. Yes, it is. The Witch. The best directors working right now, Robert Eggers, right? Is that him? Absolutely. Kingsman, the Secret Service, Mister Nobody. Kingsman, the Secret Service. Speaking Mr. of Nobody's, pretty terrible. When I went to see X, I only got two A twenty four movies before my screen. Oh yeah. So and it was. I got nothing but A twenty four when I saw it. It was, it was just awesome. Men and the <laughs> the uh, the Robert Egger one. Uh, yeah. What's it called? The North. The geez, the Northman. Oh fuck! Oh. That looks amazing, doesn't, doesn't it? it? Yeah. Oh. Even my wife. Wow. Like, when does that come out? We're going to see that. I'm like, really? <laughs> but I was like, I wanted to see more, and I didn't get. I yeah. thought maybe an Ari Aster thing was going to pop up that I wasn't aware of that was coming, and it all I got was those. I was, which, again, I love those two. I thought they looked great, but I got uh, everything everywhere. All, all the time, something like I'm not sure that's the exact title, but that lo- movie looks incredible, and a lot of people were saying that we're going to see that one at, at Best Picture next year. Really? Yeah, that's good. Anytime A24 can work its way into Best Picture, I will take it. Uh, I've been delaying because I don't want to do this one, but I have to. <laughs> uh, up or First Blood? Up. Yeah, I can't even flip for that one. That's it's <laughs> not even fair. <laughs> uh, John Wick Chapter Two on the waterfront. I know that I have to hand in my you know high end critic card or whatever, but it's John Wick Chapter Two on the waterfront is very good at times, but John Wick is John Wick. <laughs> what was the one that a streetcar we didn't love those right i haven't oh, I, I haven't I've seen on the waterfront yeah yeah metropolis sin city 
Metropolis is incredible, but Sin City is one of my all-time favorite movies. I'm afraid to go back and watch it again because it can turn, <laughs> can turn out to be not great. But I have fond memories of it right now. So, yeah, I mean, I thought it was the best movie of 2005. <laughs> yeah, not that there was much other than Brokeback Mountain to compete with, but it was a pretty shitty year. Yeah, Clash of the Titans, The Kingdom, 2010, the Clash of the Titans. By the yeah. way. Ratatouille Panic Room. Ratatouille. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast 2017 Road Trip. Where do you stand? It's one of those where, like, I haven't gone back to watch Road Trip since probably 2000, 2001. I liked, <laughs> I liked it at the time, but I was 21. Right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, Beauty and the Beast, I didn't really need. I thought it was fine, uh, but it was just, I, I was good with the cartoon. So Yeah, they seem both kind of supremely mediocre, really. There's no way Road Trip's going to be as good if I were to watch it again. However, I haven't watched right. it since then, so my memory of it's a little better. So I, I would go Road Trip, but I won't be heartbroken if you. Yeah, that's variety. fine. Uh, the Happening. Twilight New Moon. We can end after this one, but <laughs> would you would you like garbage or flaming? Uh, I think I would go with the happening. Only I mean, the happening. Mark huh? Wahlberg. Like the movie Mark Wahlberg was making, I want to see. <laughs> And I think M. Night Shyamalan wanted to see that, too, but he was so far up his own ass that he didn't know how to get out of it <laughs> to make the movie Mark Guys, was making. Have you ever have you been paying attention to what's been happening with the bees? Guys, the bees are disappearing. Guys. He was. I don't so know why hilarious. this guy's talking about hot dogs. He was so funny. And, and and then when they went to promote it, they kept trying to promote it like it was a bee movie. And then when I went and watched it, I'm like. <laughs> Only Mark Wahlberg's in a B movie. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> else is. <laughs> the rest of you messed up. Oh, black water. <laughs> keep. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, yeah. The happening for all the wrong reasons is better than New Moon. All right. That is our show. Uh,. We will see you next week. <laughs> see ya. Bye. Yeah.